as interruptions during the service. We hope everybody had a good week. I had a good week. I hope you did too. God's still good, even if you had a bad week. That's right. Every day. No matter what. Beyond our circumstances, no matter what. This afternoon, 5 o'clock, Sisters of Strength. Where y'all at? That's right. 5 o'clock. They're having their meeting here at the church. I know it's going to be a good time, some good food. Doggone it, I have to be at home. Don't forget, we got Valentine's Day coming up. Yep, got to get your sweetheart something. Don't forget about your sweetheart. If you don't have a sweetheart, claim Jesus as your sweetheart. That's right. There you go. That's right. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 in the New King James Version says, Let all that you do be done with love. It's the month of love in February. Which brings me to my next thing. Annual church meeting. The annual church business meeting. Speaking of doing it in love. February 23rd, following the morning service. So everybody that is a voting member needs to be here pastor expressed if you are a voting member you need to be here okay if you are interested in membership there's a membership packet out in the foyer to fill out you can give it to one of the deacons or to the pastor or drop it in the offering plate on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night service if you're interested in serving as a deacon Please get with a pastor. Pastor will speak to you on that issue. So if this is your first time here, we'd like to welcome you here. We're glad you're here. If you're joining us for the first time by the Internet, welcome to New Life Assembly of God. If you'd like to give online, newlifeag.church. That's a website you can go to to watch past services. You can give online. You can watch things that happen here that God is doing, which is awesome, as the church grows and begins to change to what God wants us and the direction that God wants to take us. Amen? And listen, this morning in worship, we need mass participation. If you can get up, get up. If you can jump around, jump around. Amen? Shake off those heavy chains. Leave them burdens from the week behind. Amen? The worship team we got here at 8 o'clock, and we started doing that. And you will be pleased to, I'm pleased to know, but there will be no CD this morning. We're doing it all live. <laughs> Pastor's like, dear Jesus. <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Oh, he's up there. So. Oh, listen, we, we, let me, let me just tell you, we, we've ordered microphones for the drum set because, you know, those mics are very old. It was a set I had from years ago and they cost like a hundred dollars and they're, yeah, they don't sound good. Uh, but, but these guys have been practicing, they've been worshiping, you know, cause they, they worship through their music and we're up there playing this morning and I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it. All right, I'm going to stop. And, uh, so, but anyways, we had a lot of fun in worship this morning and worship should be fun. Amen. I enjoy praising my God. I enjoy worshiping him. And uh, it's just, yeah. 
So, so, the, so the best point I want to make to you is, is the fact that if you're part of Matt's family, you got to move now because you can't see him play anymore because we stuck him in a corner. So all y'all got to come sit right here and fill this in and uh, right there. Uh, but we, we do have insulation coming that we're going to build to quieten the drums down and things like that. So over the next couple weeks, you should see that. Today it might be a little bit loud. That just means you get to dance a little bit more. You get to worship a little bit more. And, uh, yeah, you mean have to get a little bit louder. But that's okay. We're going to have fun no matter what. But, um, hey, Tootie, can you grab me that uh, thing back there? Everybody, we got everybody in there? Hey, so listen, my wife was shopping the other day, and she ran across this really cool, amazing box she found it somewhere Ooh. Ah. Ooh. so we figured yeah that's fine we figured uh we we would give it away as a pre-valentine's gift for somebody <clears throat> so did all the adults get a ticket okay we want to make sure all the adults got a ticket anybody not got a ticket we want to make sure all the adults becca didn't get one hey can y'all run becca one real quick Make sure everybody got one. Jonathan, you should have got our ticket, man. It's a, I got the mic. You can't say much. <laughs> Anybody else didn't get a ticket? All the adults? Tootie, you were handing them out. <laughs> okay, if you're visiting with us, my name is Pastor Richard, and we like to have fun. I, I don't like to, I don't, listen, I don't go places where I get bored, Okay. I just, I don't like to be bored. Uh, I think coming into the house of God should be fun also. Okay. It said, when I come to the house, I should make a joyful noise. And, you know, it's, uh, let us be glad. Let me put those in the bucket real quick. Uh, you know, I am glad when I come to the house of the Lord. Amen. So, all right. Everybody got them now? Okay. All right. I'm going to mix them up real good. You want to draw one for me? Yeah, I know he's my buddy. Just grab one. Just one. Okay, just one. Man, look at him. He is so good at this. Drum roll. 432. 7432. Look, Tammy. 7432. Oh, no, you got to come get it. 743. No, seven. Last four. 177432. Come on in. Yeah. Y'all turn around and show everybody a gift now, you know. So, 177432, right? Huh? Do you have 177432? Jesus. This is going to make the blooper reel if we had one. Well, bring it over there to her. <laughs> oh, well. Jesus. Next time, I'm going to have ABCs, no numbers. 177432, got it. Next time, I'm going to buy some that have ABCs since we can't count. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. All right, that's enough of all of that. No, sir, not going there. He's trying to tell me I need to blame Miss Wendy because she bought it, and I said, no, not her fault. All right, so uh, you worship team, y'all want to go ahead and start getting prepared up there. So if you, if you see this up here, you didn't pay attention, this is called a plumb bob. Plumb, P-L-U-M-B, bob. 
and, and it's used in construction. They, they put it down a wall, and they go along and they measure, and you can see if the wall is straight. That's what it's used for, it's to show straight. Why? Because it's always going to be perfectly straight, unless it's windy. But you can't use a level on a 40-foot wall because what if the wall does this? So they use things called plumb bobs. And today we're going to talk about that. And it just it's a great representation of, of things. So don't try to bump it and pull on it because it, it, it will swing for hours. And I bumped it, and it's going to swing, so we'll be all right. So, so, so listen, they're going to get ready up there. And I wanted to share a scripture for you. We're going to move into to giving to the Lord this morning. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 tells me this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where the treasure is, there your heart will be also. So this morning, we're going we're gonna to bless the Lord with our, with our giving, and we know we're a giving church around here. You know, we also know that we bring our tithes to the storehouse, our 10%, but we bless the Lord on top of that as well. So if you're here this morning watching us online, you can go online to newlifeag.church. You can give there through credit card. You can write a check. We still accept cash around here. But this is our opportunity to bless the Lord, and it's also the opportunity where we fund our ministries, all of our ministries and the missionaries and all around the world. So, so we're going to pray, and I'm going to let you come up and, and give in the offering trays this morning. So let's, let's pray. So, Father, we are so blessed that you are here. We're so thankful for all that you've done for us. God, I pray this morning that you would receive these gifts. Receive these gifts, oh God. Receive our tithes. Receive our offerings and smile down upon us, Lord. Lord, as we sow into the work of the ministry here in this church, Lord, that is, that is reaching people and doing the work that you've called us to do. And Lord, as we sow into the to things around the world that you are doing as well, we're so thankful, Lord, for the people that give. And I pray a blessing upon them, Lord, according to your word, that they would be blessed a hundredfold. So, Lord, receive these gifts this morning and smile down upon us in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you agree with that, I want you to say amen this morning. Amen, amen. Well, thank you for giving. You can go ahead and come up and give. And we're going to get ready to do some worship. Hallelujah. ready to worship this morning. Now listen, I worship because I love Jesus, not because of music, not because of words. Anybody that's been around me long enough knows I don't need the words anyways. I'll make up my own. Ask the singers on the stage, they'll tell you I sing the wrong verses all the time. Jesus, amen. We ready to worship this morning? Hallelujah.
Touching every heart. 
You're the answer to it all. Sing it again. Come on. You wipe away all tears. You mend the broken hearted. You're the answer to it all. Come on. One more time.
Listen, we're not going to end out on no soft note in here today. I don't know about you, but I needed a good praise break today. Hallelujah. Get you some water if you got some. I don't mind losing my voice for Jesus.
gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Come on, I hear you this morning. Yo, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Yo, you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. Come on, sing it. Yo, this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, we can do better than that. Come on. Hallelujah. Jesus. Come on. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he is good. He is good. Hallelujah. He is good. Not all the way across the building, right there next to you where you're standing. Come on now. Come on. You are good. Good. Whoa. You are good, good, yeah, yeah, you are good, good, whoa, come on, come on, hallelujah, where's that children at this morning, we're going to let them go ahead and head back to the back, they are ready going, Wendy, you better get back there, Wendy, Terry, got it, okay, they're on their way, they're on their way, hallelujah, Jesus, I need some water. That's good stuff right there. You know the hard part for us? is stopping. Because <laughs> we just keep going. But if I felt the Lord wanted us to, we would have. Don't worry. Y'all know me better than that. <laughs> we would have kept on and kept on and kept on. And Jesus, that's good stuff, man. I love worshiping my Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to cool off first, get my breath. Jesus. I thought playing drums was bad, man. Get there on that keyboard, boy. Hallelujah. Well, listen, grab your Bibles this morning, and we're going to go to the book of Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. Hallelujah. Yeah, you can put that slide up there. That's fine. Hallelujah. Hmm. Okay, sit down a little bit. I'm screaming this morning. I may get excited, and I don't want to hurt your ears. Yeah, so y'all saw that picture on Facebook, and you're like, oh, that's a cool picture. You just didn't realize it was right here. I took the Bible out. Got it right here with me. So God gave me this visual that he wanted me to use today of the plumb bob. I said, Lord, you've already given me the sermon to preach. He said, yeah, I got all that. How does this fit into that? And as I continued to study and, and pray, I started seeing how it fit. It wasn't necessarily how I thought it might fit, but it fit. 
What's your standard? What is your standard? We, we're going to look at the book of Acts chapter 10. And this is the story of Cornelius, right, who's calling for Peter and in Peter's vision. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because I want to get to the preaching part of it, but I know I got to do some reading first. And uh, but that's OK. I'll make it. Don't worry. Um, I'm going to have them on the screen. They're in the NIV version. I, I want to read through these things right here. You can go ahead and put chapter. Uh, it's chapter 10, starting in verse one. So go ahead and put it up on there. It says at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion and what was known as the Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God fearing. So he would have been a Jew or a Gentile. Gentile. That's correct. He would not be a Jew. So that's we've got to make sure we have that when we're when we're going through this. He and all his family were devout and God fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. I always loved it when an angel shows up in the word. People seem to stare in fear. And back in those days, uh, you know, yeah, uh, when angels showed up, they were still going off the Old Testament a lot of times. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Go to the next one, please. Now send me to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent to Joppa. So here we see that he has had a vision and he and God has given him very distinct instructions on what he is to go do. And so he sent a man to do what? To go do it. Right. So now let's look at Peter's side of the story here. Go to the next one. About noon the following day, as there was on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. Now, we have to remember, their roofs were not like our roofs. They were flat roofs. One of the things I found very interesting when I went to South Mexico, which is very similar to Israel in this one instance, they are never done building. When they build the, the, the second floor or the first floor of a house, it's generally kind of square. And there's rebar sticking up out of the roof in the corners and there's pipes because one day they may want to do a second floor. And when they do a second floor, guess what they do? They put rebar out of the roof so they can do a third floor and they're flat roofs. And they just I, I was like, this is impressive, man. We do not plan that way here in America. When we build, we don't ever plan on adding on to it. We just plan on fixing it. They're always adding. So he was on a flat roof. It was a cement roof generally or back then it wouldn't have, it may not have been cement, but it would have been a flat roof. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared there downstairs, he fell into a trance. So he fell into a sleep and he saw a vision. Heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. So a large sheet. It contained all kind of four footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Now, let's look at this. It contained all kind of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And the voice from heaven said, what? Get up, Peter, kill and eat. His response, surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. 
These were considered unclean animals. Why were they considered unclean animals? Because of the Old Testament. Okay? So Peter was following the law at the time. Right? I have never eaten anything unpure or unclean. Now, this comes from the man who denied Christ, cut the guy's ear off while they were trying to arrest him. He was walking in love that day. Love Jesus as he come down and cut the guy's ear off. Jesus had to fix the guy's ear, right? Yeah. But now he's filled with the Holy Spirit and he's preached amazing messages, sermons we see earlier on in Acts. And now he's understanding things. So let's go to the next slide and we'll finish this on. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. But Lord, you said in the word, no. Hmm. This happened a third time. And immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Think about that. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the man sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was staying, still thinking about the vision. So he's got this vision. God spoke to him three times. He said no, and now it's taken away from him. Now the guy shows up from Cornelius' house. Okay? Y'all following me? I want to make sure we're all good. Okay, go ahead to the next one. This should be another slide, right? Okay. The Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. So the angel again said, Simon, or the spirit, go. Okay. So Peter went down and said to the men, I am the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius, the centurion. Now, can you imagine his thoughts at this time? They were persecuting the church. They were killing Christians. They weren't nice to him because they didn't see them as a religion at the time, right, in their world. That was a false religion. We have come from Cornelius' house, the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. Let's go to the next one. Almost done with the reading part. Another one? Okay. The following day he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. They fixed to have some church. And as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met, met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that this angel or this is against our law for a Jew, see, to associate or visit a Gentile. So him going in the house would have made him unclean according to the law. Think about that. But God has shown me, look at this, show me that I should not call anything unpure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. We, we've already seen that he has gone from, from here to here. The law said, and then God said, he argued with God, but then he realized there was something God was wanting to do what, different. Different. Is there one more slide? May I ask why you sent me for me? Cornelius answered, three days ago I was in my house praying at this hour and at three in the afternoon, suddenly, whew, suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. 
Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you, and immediately it was good for you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Look at that. Everything that God has commanded you to tell us. A couple things else I, I want you to understand in this storyline right here. Or maybe before I get there is this. How many times do we reject what God is trying to do today in the church? Oh, well, brother, that's what? Well, it's, give me an answer, right? Can I ask you where your standard is when you're doing this? A lot of times we are using our opinion from religion to dictate what God can do in my life. Peter was following the law. Here God says that your understanding of the law is wrong. Because opinion had came in and he became religious. And once he allowed the Holy Spirit to reveal to him who Jesus really was and what God was doing, then he went. You see where I'm going? What we have done is we have allowed religion and opinion to come in and dictate what church is supposed to look like. Think about that for a second. Five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, could you imagine setting in a church where the prophetic gifts are flowing out? A lot of people can't. That, that doesn't happen in church. That's not how it's supposed to be, brother. Only the pastor does all the preaching around there and prays for everybody and, and baptizes people in water, right? No, God's revealing things that he wanted all along. But the problem is, is our opinion and our religion is dictating what it's supposed to look like. Can I tell you the church was never supposed to look like this to begin with? The church is us. We're supposed to be out there. But the problem is, is we haven't spent enough time getting in here and allowing this to be our standard. What we've done is, is we've allowed the Internet. Oh, well, that's what I'm weighing, Apostle. Facebook right there. Well, yeah, the guy on Facebook said I could do that. But here's God. He puts a rule in place. He says, well, this is my law. Oh, yeah, God, but that's okay. I can swing that over a little bit. A white lie is not bad. A little white lie is not bad. I can hate my brother and sister. Yeah. And you keep getting further and further from the truth. And then all of a sudden, God comes in and starts revealing himself in your life. In your life. And what happens? God, that makes me uncomfortable. I, I can't accept you for that. And we keep going further and further and further and further. And all along, it's religion and opinion that's killing us. And God says, I want to set you free. You're not supposed to sit in a church house once a week or twice a week and get fed by some preacher. You know how annoying that is for me to hear? I'm not getting fed over there. Then pick up your fork and eat. Because last time I heard, this is the bread of life, not me. I'm not the bread of life. This is the bread of life. See, we've been doing this thing all, all crazy for so many years. We've got stuck in a rut, and we don't know how to get out. And Peter had the same problem. But God had to reveal to him. And if you continue to read that story right there, you will see the fact that God released something in Peter that day that just completely transformed him. Why? Because Gentiles can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? 
No, that's reserved for the Jews only. We're the only people that should have the presence of God in all these things in our life. No, God is wanting to bring us deeper so our understanding in, increases so we can release it to the world. Why? Because the more I understand, the better I can be at doing what God has called me to do. Can I tell you when I coach, I coach track and I'm out there right now every day. I'm teaching the students how to run, not just to run. I, I taught one of them just one of the greatest tricks that we used as a runner the other day and he got it. And now watch what happened. He beat the one guy on the field he didn't think he could beat. Because what kept happening was is he'd pass the guy up in the backstretch and he'd come around him. And right before he'd get in the curve, the guy would force his way in on him. And then he'd go and he would try to pass him the whole time in the second lane. So you're wearing yourself out. I said, here's what you do. You pass him up. You get in front of him. And then you put your arms out a little bit and you run wide. And if he speeds up, you speed up just enough where he's always right here. You never let him get around you. You know what he's going to do? He's going to wear himself out. And then once you get around the corner, you start sprinting. That dude was wore out. He wore him flat out. And he come in there smiling. So I see what you're saying. See, God has been trying to reveal that revelation to us for years and years and years. But we just have a mentality of, I can go off of my opinion. Hmm. Google says. <laughs> Facebook says. Why do we have churches that, that have the problems they have today? Because they focus more on that than this. There is only one standard. And can I tell you that it never moves? Thou shalt not is as much today as it was when it was written. Thou shalt not have anger in your heart against a brother. Because it's just like murder. But let me show you some other things before I go on preaching. i got to help you. Let's look at this. Moses. The Egyptians saw Moses as their savior, didn't they? Even though God was doing everything, they saw Moses as their savior. And then Moses goes up on top of the, the mountain and gets the, the books, you know, the law, and they don't want to have nothing to do with that. They said, Moses, you go up there and do that. We're going to stay down here. Well, just in that short amount of time, where just think about this. The short amount of time, they went from seeing God up on top of the mountain in the fire and the smoke and the lightning so they're building a golden calf. Why? Because they couldn't get Egypt out of themselves. They couldn't get religion out of their heart, even though God was trying to show them something. They saw Moses as their supplier, their provider. Why? Because manna came down because of Moses. It wasn't Moses. It was God. It, it was Moses that struck the rock and supplied water. And it was those same religious people that drove Moses to strike the rock the second time, and he never got to go into the promised land because of it, but that's a different story. He brought them across the Red Sea. He destroyed the most powerful army on the face of the earth at that time, and they want to make an altar to a false god because they can't trust Jesus. They can't trust God at this time, I'm sorry. They didn't have an understanding yet of the law and how solid God is in things. When he says he's going to provide, he will provide. The word of God says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. But I've seen righteous people that had lack. How is that possible? Because it's my opinion that they had lack, not reality. Think about that for a second. Think about that. Listen, God is trying to get us somewhere. 
He is trying to reveal to us something just like he was revealing to Peter. But we've got to stop playing around with this thing and say, God, what is it you're trying to show me? Like I told you Wednesday, I, I heard a, a minister make this statement a few weeks ago, and, and I'm, I'm hoping I never forget it. The biggest hindrance, listen, the biggest hindrance to me having a greater experience with God is me thinking I've already had one. Think about that. The greatest hindrance to me having a great and a new experience with God is me thinking I've already had one. The greatest hindrance from me having a new revelation of who God is is me thinking I've already read it. I know everything. It's me. Can I possibly learn anything else out of John chapter 15? I don't know how many times I have read that. Could I possibly learn anything more out of Hebrews 11.1? 1? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. I know that scripture inside and out, but is there anything new I can learn? Not while I keep saying, I think I know it. See, we've got to put the standard back where it belongs and say, God, this is your word and you, it, it is forever life-giving and I will never, ever fully grasp every piece of it. And that is okay. Until I get to heaven, there are things I can learn because this is a life-giving book. But God is wanting his people to get to that place, not just the preacher. And too many times we told the preacher, you go up there and visit with God. I don't get revelation. Right? That's what we told him. Oh, that's not for me, God. I, that's, I've got to let the preacher man go do that. But according to the word, we're all kings and priests. According to the word, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us, who is the teacher and the comforter and the guide. He's all these things. The same spirit dwells inside of us that did what? Raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And he lives inside of us. And he works so hard to try to help us. Yeah, but Holy Spirit, I, I, I like that TV show. Ah, I like that TV show. It'd be okay. You see where I'm going with this? I like that. It'd be okay. I like that. God is wanting a holy people. Y'all know I'm not legalistic. Y'all know that. That's why I'm here in blue jeans and dress shirt. If I was legalistic, I'd be in a three-piece suit. But our house needs to be in order this house our homes need to be in order our lives need to be in order why because that standard never moves we allow our children to go and do things that we know we wouldn't do ourselves, but we want to be friends and not parents no it's not about being friends and parents it's about the fact that as an adult i have a responsibility to be the priest of my home and if i don't raise my children in a godly manner i will pay for that as well i'll answer for that think about that God's standard, his line is never wavering, but we've allowed it to waver. We've allowed it to waver, and that's where, what I'm seeing is God's bringing us back saying, I'm building something. I'm building something is what the Lord is saying, and it will be built straight. It will be built square, right, Tootie? Square, plumb. Why? Because if God builds the house... If God builds the house, we will see revival in this region. It won't only be our church, but it will be those churches willing to allow the line to be drawn in the sand, to be drawn right there. Look at this. 
I think I put another scripture there toward the end, right? Yeah, throw that one up there. I didn't put it in my notes. Look at this, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Now, while, while you're pulling that up, it, it, doesn't the word say I'm the God that changes not? Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Hold on. I'm the God that changes not. I'm doing a new thing. I'm the God that changes not, but I'm doing a new thing. Don't eat of the unclean animals, but don't eat, you can eat of anything or don't call anything unclean that I call clean. Don't, don't those sound like contradictions? I'm the God that changes not. I'm doing a new thing. No. The, the difference is, is our understanding of them. Think about that. It's our understanding of them is the problem. Do I want fanaticism? No, I don't like fanatics. They're crazy. Do I like people to jump around and worship in the spirit? Yeah. Fanatical? No. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We've got to learn to be free. We've got to learn to allow God to do a new thing in us. I, I was, we were talking this morning uh, about drums. I, I can remember the first time, and, and most of you have watched, I'll worship with flags. You know how embarrassed I was to even pick up a flag years ago? That's not a guy thing. I'm a man. I don't do that. Too reserved. I jump around a little bit and just too reserved. I was down in Oaxaca, Mexico. That's south of Mexico City. That's the state south of Mexico. It's city of start. It's O O A X A C A Oaxaca. And we were doing a youth event that night. And uh, they sing all of their worship in Spanish. So I was playing in Congos. You know, and uh, I know the songs. She would tell me what song she was doing, so I know the rhythm to it, and I'd play. And in the middle of one of the songs, the drummer, it's like all of a sudden we felt this whoosh, this suddenly come across the room. Just like, whoosh. And everybody stopped playing but the drummer. And it was like the drum set was mic'd up. There was no mics on the drum. It was a gymnasium. You didn't need mics. Trust me. <laughs> and the drummer just started playing. And the whole place erupt in praise. People dancing. Couple hundred people just dancing in the building. Old, young, it didn't matter. Next thing you know, flags are coming out and people are just twirling and dancing for about 30 minutes. And then I found myself with a flag twirling and dancing in the middle of everybody. And I didn't care anymore. You know why? God broke something off of me. Yeah. Do you have to worship with a flag? No. But if there's a reason why you won't, you probably got some things to break off. But I realized at that moment that my re little religious mind didn't understand God all the way. I had God in a box. God, this is the only way you operate. This is how you do things. Th this is what I know because of the churches I've been to. Can I tell you our opinion is made by what church we go to most of the time? What our experiences are? Our experiences set what we think we know. Can I tell you that I've been to some pretty wild churches now? Why? Because I want to know what God is doing. Can I tell you the first time I went to, to uh, LaVon Chandler's church, it's a lady minister who flows in the prophetic, a little bitty nondescript metal building in the middle of Moss Hill, Texas. Y'all don't even know where that is. It's off of Highway 105. You go to the red, uh, stop sign, there's no red light. 
there's no store. You take a right, you go down about four or five miles, you'll see this little sign off to the right with a dirt road, the promised land. You go back down there a little ways, you see this metal building pop up. About two, three hundred people in there. I can't go out there. They do crazy things. I know what God is. I know how God operates. Now, I know how church service looks. I could tell you what time my pastor was going to get the microphone, almost to the minute, because I was running sound. And guess what happened? I went. I said, you know what? I want to experience something new with God. I don't know all there is to know about God. I want more. I want more. I became hungry and said, I want more. I remember opening up that door. There was two double doors there. You walked in about 15 feet, and there was a sheet over the door opening because they didn't have a door. I remember opening the door, and I did this. <sighs> and my buddy Bill sitting there just rolling, and I'm looking at him like, what is that? He said, that's the presence of God. I was like, <laughs> it dropped me to one knee when I opened the door. And I made a statement, God, I don't care what goes on in this place. Anywhere you're this much, you must approve of it. Think about that statement. And I walked in, and I couldn't see. And I sat in the back because of the smoke, the presence, the Shekinah glory of God that had settled in that building. And everybody in the building had pushed chairs because they wanted to be on their face before a living God. All that started because I said, I can't be the way I am anymore. Because my opinions on how church operated had overrun the reality of what God was doing in my life. And from that day on, I have said, I need more, God. God's more than enough. Yeah, but I still, I've got more room because I'm still getting rid of things. Because you know what happens? All of a sudden, I start making some progress, and I kick it again. And I make great progress in this area of my life, and I push it again. And then I overcome this one thing, and it's a continuous daily battle, a daily fight. To this flesh would be pushed down to surrender to Jesus and what he's doing. Church, that's where God has us. He is pulling us out of our comfort zone. If you, if you don't realize that, God has been pulling us as a body out of our comfort zones. Can I tell you, there are very few churches I attend that has that kind of worship in it. From the congregation, Farrell, you, you've attended some churches. Other than a special service, do you see that on a Sunday morning? No, not really. Not really. Even in some special services, do you see that? <laughs> not really. Why? Because we are embracing the move of God in this house. And it started here, though, with us. But we can't settle here. We've got to say, God, I need more. God, forgive me. Forgive me, God, of thinking I already knew it. Forgive me for saying I think I've already experienced everything you've got. I don't ever want to sit back and say I think I've experienced all there is to God. I may say it religiously that, oh, there's so much of God. And then something happens and my first thought is, is oh, that ain't God. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Look at this. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? The last part of this I want to focus on is this. The three times the sheet was, was there with Peter, he did not perceive it, did he? He didn't. But then other experiences came because of the people that came from Cornelius' house, and he said, the spirit again, I've got to go. 
It wasn't until he got there that he perceived what God was doing. Don't let your lack of perception stop you. Hear me. Continue to say, God, I've got to have more, even if I don't think you're here. Can I tell you there are days when I am worshiping that I don't feel the presence of God? Pastor, you should. Oh, no. I know he's here. I hear what he's telling me, where, where we need to go in songs and in ministry and praying for people. But there's days that my flesh doesn't want to reveal to me the presence of God is in this place. But guess what? It doesn't stop me. I still blow my voice out. Why? I know my God is in this place, and it doesn't matter if I see it or not. I know he's here. I do not let my lack of perception change. It's not going to stop me because I don't go by feelings. I go by faith. I go by, I know he's here. Why? Because the word of God says where two or more are gathered in my name, I'll be in the midst. I don't need no more than that. You see, our perception is the problem. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God is wanting to make a way in your wilderness, and he's wanting to release a new stream to flow. What's our standard, guys? The word, never wavering, never changing. But that doesn't stop him from being able to do a new thing, something different. Something powerful. Can I tell you that the church today is not going to look like what it will in 20 years from now? Mm. Because I believe the days of us wanting to come to church and just hear some tickling message in our, in our ears to make us feel good is passing by. God is dividing that. He is revealing those houses. Because if a minister is supposed to stand up here and if the word of God says that your blood is on my hand is your pastor and I stand here and do nothing more than tickle your ears and make you feel good so you give more money and you show up each week but you never change, I'm going to pay for that. I can't do that. I, I heard a minister mention something about that the other day. And you know my, I already think that way. I can't stand it when somebody comes to church and leaves the same way. Come on. It doesn't matter to me even what the preacher's saying up here. It is not about what the preacher's saying. It's about the fact I know God's in this place, and I'm going to get something. I'm going to put something in my pocket to bring home and say, God, i got to chew on that because I know there was more in there than I noticed. I know there's more. And that, we, we were watching some preaching last night from Fresh Start Church out of Arizona, and it was a guy in there preaching, and, and, and I told Wendy, I just play five or ten minutes and stop it, and I'll just think on it for days. Why? Because there's so much depth in this thing. And I want it all. You know why I want it all? So I can teach people all of it. So I can pass it out. Because the more you learn, the more you can hand it off to your kids, the more you can hand it off to your neighbors, the more you can help people that are addicts get free. Listen, I love, I love CR. I love all of those programs, the Celebrate Recovery and all that kind of stuff. But without Jesus Christ, they are never going to stay free. It is a program. So guess what? I want experiences. I want something different. You see, because the opinion of the world is, is once you're an addict, you're always an addict. I don't agree with that. I've got a friend for over 20 years, well, about 20 years, actually, who woke up off of a drunk binge, a drug binge multiple days and said, God, if you're real, you got to do something for me. I'm going to kill myself with these drugs. He got arrested that day and went to prison for nine months. Federal pen. 
You know what happened when he got to prison? God must be real. I need a Bible. Y'all have one. He went and got a Bible. And he started studying it for nine months. That's all he did was read the Bible and pray. He's never looked back. He's never went to a drug a day uh, since that. Well, I thought you were once you're an addict. No. Does that mean the devil doesn't try to tempt him? Is it his opinion that he's free or the word that he's free? But if it's opinion, what's going to happen? He's going to go back. He's going to go back. It's not about your opinion anymore. It's about the word. The word. It's about Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of you. And when the enemy comes in and brings something to you, say no. No. And it's a, a story that this minister said. And I like telling stories because it helps. It's easier to remember. He said the, the lady ordered something and they brought her out the wrong thing. And you know what her comment was? I didn't order that, so I'm not eating that. And he said immediately the Holy Spirit spoke to him. He said, this is what my people need to hear. When the devil brings you something you didn't order, your response should be, you watched it last night. That was a good one, wasn't it? Yeah. What happens? I didn't order that. I'm not eating it. Take it back. But I can get away with it. Can I tell you, I've been to Vegas many times as a believer. Stayed in a hotel where you pull up outside and you actually walk in your room. No slot machines. Why? Because I don't believe in them. I believe that every penny I have is a blessing from God, and I don't want to gamble it away. That's just, that's my personal belief. But you know what? I've been to Vegas. Yeah, but what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Oh, I don't. Yeah. We've got to change, guys. We've got to change. We've got to become so hungry that the world around us sees it. The world around us sees it. It's not about you. It's about the world around you. You're already saved going to heaven. You're going to make it. It doesn't matter on that fact. It's not about just jumping on the bus and getting there. It's about saying, God, I need to do everything I'm supposed to do while I'm going. I want to be used by you. I want to be different. I don't want to go to church and be the same. I want somebody who's going to challenge me. I want your word to challenge me and tell me when I'm not supposed to be doing something. The Holy Spirit should challenge us like that. Conviction, that's what it's called, is convict us. When was the last time you actually allowed the Holy Spirit to speak to you and say no, and you felt bad about doing something? Hmm. All of that comes when we put him back where he belongs. I'm going to share this last piece with you. As you look through the Old Testament, through those different people, Moses and Joshua and all of those, the children of Israel always saw them as a provider or a savior or something. But when it came time, they told God, we want a king like everybody else. He says, you don't need a king. I'm your king. No, we want a king like everybody else. And they got Saul. Listen to me. When you get a Saul, this thing moves. You don't need a Saul. You need a Jesus. Not only as your Savior, but as your Lord. The problem was is they, they saw all these people, but they didn't fear them. 
You see, as, as Lord, there is a respectful, reverential fear. You know, the early church had that when Ananias and Sapphira walked in and lied about their offerings. Could you imagine being in church that day? If you, you don't know the story, that there was people were selling what they had and giving it because there were so many Christians at the time being persecuted. And what happened in that period, when you became a believer in Christ, you were no longer considered under the protection of the Jewish people. Your stuff didn't belong to you. Give it to me. And they would take it. So they started selling all of their stuff so they could take care of the other people. Well, Ananias and Sapphira wanted to be a part of that because it sounded good. It was their opinion. So they sold it, and then they took some and put it in their pocket, and then they brought it the rest to the Lord. They lied. They do what a lot of us do. Oh, I'm sold out to Jesus, but just not on this day. They drop dead. And we always say, thank God for mercy and grace. Can I tell you there was mercy and grace then too? Listen, I don't want Ananias and Sapphira to come, that, that kind of stuff to come back. I don't want all the funerals. I don't want people dropping dead in church. But I want to be to the point where we understand that I am fixing to step into the presence of a holy God who is unwavering. That line never moves. And when I'm in his presence, I can't be this way. It's like when I, when I first got saved, I remember walking in with one of the guys one, one week. We were walking in, and pastor comes and grabs him and says, Hey, brother, I need to talk to you. Uh, and we, we kind of overheard a little bit. You need to step down on the worship team for a while because God was showing me some things you've been doing. Can I tell you, when we walked in the building after that, I wasn't Catholic, but we were, we were praying the Hail Marys and, and everything else we could to make sure that our life was sinless when we got to church because pastor knew things by the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, I don't want to know what some of you guys are doing, but God does. And when we have that kind of a reverential fear for the word and what it means and him being Lord over our life, we will not want to do that because we don't want to have the repercussions. Mercy and grace, yet you got that already. That's why you're saved. Mercy and grace. Send him to the cross and let him die and let the blood. Now the blood's been applied. You know, there's a lot of theologians. We repent of all these sins that we've done. There's a lot of theologians believe that you're still going to pay for those sins that you've done after you believe because you knew better. Think about that. My list is long. And I still plead the blood on it quite often. Think about that, guys. What's our standard? When we leave here today and we go tomorrow and, and all these things, anything we put before him that's more important than him is become an idol. It's sin. Things that we do that we know we're not supposed to do, are we crucifying him again? I forbid. Are we disrespecting our Lord because we're representatives? This is what God has called this house to be, a holy house, where people respect and fear him for who he is. Respect and fear him for who he is. Amen. Put something soft on. I just want us to take some time and pray today. I want us to take some time and repent if we need to. Because I can tell you this. I've been in services where you walked into the back door and the spirit of God was waiting. And you knew you better walk back out and repent of some things where you walked in. 
because the presence of God was in that place and the spirit of conviction was there and you knew, I, I cannot go in. I, I can't do it. I can't. There are times in our life we have to deal with these things. We have to repent. We have to repent. The Bible even says that if we have ought against a brother, we're not supposed to even bring a tithe or an offering to the house. Remember I taught on that. It says we are to leave our offering, go deal with it, repent to our brother, and then the Lord will receive it. <laughs> Think about that. There's our standard, guys. It's the only one we have. Better than Google and Siri and Alexa and any of the other ones. Bing, Yahoo. It never gives me a wrong result. Never. Well, it doesn't deal with everything. You show me what it doesn't deal with. You show me what it doesn't deal with. That word will be here when we are all gone. It will be here. Why? Because the word is Jesus. And it was here before the foundations of the earth. Not one jot, not one tittle will pass away. It will all happen. Guys, we need to be holy. We need to repent and ask God to make us hungry again for the standard, not our opinion. God, remove my opinion and make me holy in your eyes. And I release the Holy Spirit to convict me of what I do. Convict me of my thoughts and my eyes and, and my words and feelings, whatever it is. So if you want to come to the altar today, come spend a few minutes today. If you need prayer, we're going to pray for you as well. I just want to take a few minutes if we could. Listen, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I just want you to slide your hand up. I want to pray with you this morning. You say, Pastor Richie, I don't know him as my Lord and Savior. I want to, though. I want today to be my day. I want to pray with you. Same thing that every other believer does. We have to start somewhere.
Father, I just thank you for your word, your never-changing word. Mm, never-changing word. Let this be a house of holiness, a house of purpose. I just speak a blessing upon your people today. Blessing, Father. That your word says, Lord, that we will be blessed coming in and blessed going out. And everything we lay our hands to shall be blessed. With health and strength and strong mind. Lord, I also pray for the Holy Spirit to be evident in our lives. That we would receive correction from you. Conviction that our hearts would not be hardened, that we would understand and see that you are working in our midst. Listen, before I dismiss you, I want to tell you one thing the Lord just told me. We've been very quick as believers to run to an altar when I can get something. But we've been very slack in running to an altar to make sure that my life is right in His eyes. That's the difference between Savior and Lord. When He's Lord... You never want a chance, that one. Even though you're always willing for this one. We never want a chance, that one. Amen.
Listen, we love you guys. You need to be here Wednesday. We're going to start back up in our prayer. Uh, teach us how to pray. We're going we're gonna to finish that off. Don't forget tonight, ladies, you've got what? Sisters of Strength. Five o'clock yard meeting here. Okay. Uh, they take care of it, so I really don't need to know. Uh, the uh, 23rd of February, listen, if you're a voting member, you need to be here, right? We're going to go over the financials of the church. We're going to go over the, the things that happened this year. We're going to go over the vision of what we're doing this year, you know, and how we're going and, and all of those things. Uh, we're we're going to have a deacon election as well. We have some men that have, that have put in to have to fill out their application, and the board, we still have to sit down and, and approve that, right, to make sure that they're, they meet our qualifications according to our bylaws and the scripture. But we have some men, so we will have an election, right? So we need you to be here. If you're a voting member, an active member of the church, you need to be here because we have business to take care of, amen? We need to make decisions on what we're doing this year. We also need to celebrate what God has been doing, amen? So we love you. God bless you. Hey, there's coffee and, and water out there for your hot chocolate and all that kind of stuff. So bring a friend Wednesday so that you can learn how to pray, amen? So God bless you. Ladies, y'all have fun tonight.